What's going on, everybody? So, last night when I recorded this podcast, the news was that A.J. Hinch had emerged as the favorite for the Tigers' managerial position. I talked extensively about that in the second segment of today's show, and you are going to hear that, but this is one of those disjointed episodes. I want to preface it by saying that by the time you're listening to this, it is very possible that A.J. Hinch will have officially signed a deal to become the Tigers' next manager. Now, unfortunately, we have the weekend break here. I'm going to be uh, out of town with my buddy. I will make a video about it and post it on my personal Twitter account if and when this does happen, but uh, it's really out of my control, sadly. The news cycle is moving so fast that these shows, which are done daily, sometimes become dated within uh, hours uh, after you record them, and and it's not really anything I can do. I try to wait until the last possible minute to record these things, but I got to get my sleep. I do have a life outside of these podcasts. I just want to let you know that news could change by the time you're listening to this. If AJ Hinch is the manager by the time you're listening or by the time this weekend rolls around, I promise you I will make a video talking about it on my personal Twitter account and we will cover it extensively on Monday's podcast. I just wanted to let you guys know up front that this episode may be a little bit out of date by the time you're listening to it, but I did the best I could. We talk about the Tony LaRusa hire and we talk about the potential of an AJ Hinch hire. I think it's a really good episode. I hope you all enjoy it and have a great weekend. Enjoy today's episode of Locked on Tigers. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, October 30th, 2020. We've made it to the end of the week. A majority of this show, probably all of this show, is going to be dedicated to what went down right before I uploaded yesterday's podcast, and that is that the Chicago White Sox officially hired Tony La Russa to be their next manager, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. This is quite possibly the most shocking managerial hire of my lifetime. Even when it was reported he was in the running, and it was Bob Nightingale who reported it, so you know, you take everything he says with a grain of salt, he's wrong 70% of the time. Even when it was initially reported, even when it was kind of picking up steam, I never bought into it. I I figured either Hinch or Core was going to be the guy there, and I was wrong. Tony La Russa, the next manager for the Chicago White Sox. Let's talk about this. You know, with every hire, or with everything that goes on in the world of sports, or in the world in general, I I try to see things from different perspectives. I, I really do. I'm not a contrarian. I'm not narcissistic enough to be a contrarian. Like, I'm not a Skip Bayless where someone has an opinion that's backed up by facts, and Skip Bayless just, to, you know, just for attention says, no, I disagree with that opinion. I'm not like that. But, like, even the Justin Turner thing that went down the, the other day, everyone wanted to act like he was the worst person alive, and even I came on here and said, well, you know, I, I wouldn't have done what he what he did. It was stupid, but, you know, in the moment, I I can't help but sympathize a little bit with, with his, his line of thinking. This is stunning to me, and I was going to come on here and at first kind of defend the hire. Now, I'm not a fan of the hire. I think the Tigers and many other teams dodged a bullet, and I'll talk about the impact that this has on the Tigers probably more so in the second segment, but you know, I was stunned by the hire, but I was going to defend it a little bit, mainly for 
two reasons. The first being that Tony La Russa, and there's many problems with this hire that I'll talk about, has a long history of being a great manager. He's one of the greatest managers in the history of the game of baseball. I mean, he's taken uh, two different teams to a World Series. He's won three different World Series, two with the Cardinals, one with the A's, been to several others. I mean, the the guy's a, a true workhorse as a manager, or was a workhorse as a manager. And the other reason why I was going to defend this hire slightly is that I believe in Rick Hahn. I think Rick, the job Rick Hahn has done as the GM of the White Sox is, is second to none. He's been truly, truly remarkable. He's, he's done a fantastic job. I mean, well, let's wind the clocks back a couple years here. You know, the White Sox were, you know, in the midst of, uh, of a mediocrity rut for a long time. They hit the reset button after 2016, and the hit rate that they've had on their trades and their free agent signings, it's been pretty darn high. I mean, there's been a few minor misses, like Nomar Mazzara was awful for them this year. Edwin Encarnacion wasn't very good for them this year, but like, those didn't cost a ton of money or a ton of prospects. The big moves that they've had to get right, the sale trade, uh, the Quintana trade, the Eaton trade, uh, they've hit on, and they've gotten some star players back. This was a really good baseball team in 2020. They should have won the division. They didn't. They should have won the wild card round. They didn't. But there is a true core here, one of the most talented cores in baseball that we've seen over the last several seasons. And a big reason for that was because of the decisions that Rick Hahn made in the front office on the south side. Based on all the evidence that's been placed before us and based on the reports that have now come out, it's very obvious Rick Hahn had really no choice in this decision. This was a Jerry Reisdorf's decision. And if you watched the Last Dance documentary about the Bulls, you know Jerry Reisdorf is not necessarily the most popular guy in the city of Chicago. I would have defended this more so if it was a Rick Hahn decision because I feel like Rick Hahn has earned the benefit of the doubt considering how good the moves he's made have been. I mean, I remember back in 2017, the White Sox were close to last place. And there were people who were saying that Rick Hahn deserved executive of the year because of the moves he'd made, you know, getting rid of a few assets and adding one of the most loaded farm systems we've ever seen. This was not a Rick Hahn decision. And shame on Jerry Reisdorf for not allowing Hahn to get the guy he wanted. They didn't even interview A.J. Hinch. Like, my guess is Reisdorf right away honed in on La Russa and never let go. So that's what I was, I was going to attempt to try to defend it. I can't defend it for so many reasons. One, the biggest one, uh, Tony La Russa hasn't managed in nine years. And for people who might say, oh, how much does the game change? The game changes a ton. I have two examples right off the top of my head of guys who were considered at one point elite managers who allowed the game to pass them by. You, Mike Sosha for a long time was considered like a top 5'10 manager in all of baseball won a World Series with the Angels, was in the playoffs or in playoff contention pretty much every year. And then right around the time Mike Trout was coming up through the system, he just lost his fastball. You know, the game passed him by. He didn't incorporate analytics into his decisions. You know, he was a guy who was going off of feel and became one of the lesser regarded managers in all of baseball. Another example of a guy who kind of let the game slip through his fingertips or possibly has let the game kind of slip through his fingertips has been Joe Madden. When Joe Madden was hired by the Cubs, pretty much unanimously everyone said, this is a home run hire. This is the best manager they've probably ever had. And guess what? First year, NLCS, won the World Series in 2016. It was an incredibly successful tenure. I'm not going to act like it wasn't. You know, NLCS the next year came up short, lost in the wild card game in 18. After the next season, he's out of a job. And right now, with the job he's doing in Los Angeles, I think there's a lot of people who view Joe Madden as damaged goods. Even managers who are in the midst of managerial tenures 
have a tendency to, you know, go past their expiration date. And we're talking about a guy in Tony La Russa right now who has not managed a baseball game in nine seasons, nine years. That is a long time. David Freeze, the 2011 World Series, that was the last time he ever managed a baseball game. And the game has changed so much. Tony La Russa, not known to be an analytics guy, and we play in an analytics sport. And yes, I've been critical of analytics at points. And I was a couple days ago when Kevin Cash made the decision to to pull Blake Snell solely based on the numbers and the analytics. I thought that was a dumb move, but it is a necessity in today's game. But uh, the last piece I'm going to read off here is Jeff Passan, who I swear has just been on fire like the last year or so. He did such a great job covering baseball through the pandemic. He did a great job with the the Astros cheating scandal. Seems like he's got a great personality and a great sense of humor as well. I like Jeff Passan a lot. Uh, Wrote a scathing opening talking about Tony La Russa where he said, and quote, Tony La Russa, a convicted drunk driver who managed one of the most steroid ad-led clubhouses in modern baseball history and today oversees an organization that at the trade deadline passed along to multiple organizations private medical information about a player it wanted to deal spent Wednesday playing moralist, a role that suits him about as well as chief baseball officer for a major league franchise. Uh, scathing stuff. And, and we talked more about some of the comments that he made. The one part of that that I do kind of disagree with and I think is a little bit of a low blow is the drunk driving thing. Right? Because everyone makes mistakes and it was a dumb move on his part. But to me, Tony La Russa being arrested for drunk driving, to me, it really has no bearing on whether or not he can manage a baseball team. It shows that he's capable of making poor judgment decisions, but we all are as well. I'm not necessarily going to rip him for that. I kind of disagree. I think that's a bit of a low blow on Passon's part, but the point remains the same. This is a guy who is an old-fashioned guy. He's an old-fashioned manager dealing with new-age personalities, and I just... I have serious question marks about this. Serious, serious question marks. Rumors are that there's a lot of people in the organization that aren't too happy. Rumors are that there's a lot of fans who aren't too happy. I mean, the, the people who host Locked on White Sox, have, have, who do such a great job, you know, have expressed their disapproval with this hire. I, I think that what's ultimately going to end up happening is he's going to need to have a lot of success really quickly to shut people up. Like, whoever the Tigers hire as their next manager, which I'll talk about here in segment number two, is going to have you know a lot of patience from the fan base. This is going to be several years before they can get this thing up and running again, sadly. The White Sox should be the favorites to win the division next year, and at the very least, be favorites to, to sneak into a, a wild card spot. You know, who knows what the postseason is going to look like with the expanded uh, postseason if they're doing that or not. But either way, the, the, the point is, this is a team that is expected to be really competitive and really good next season. If they aren't, if they stumble, if they miss the postseason, I could see him being out after one year. Like, I don't think they're going to be particularly patient with him. I think they're going to start to feel some of the pressures from the fan base. This whole search was a disaster on their part. It really was. The fact that they didn't interview really anybody else, they went to, they honed in on La Russa right, right away and never let go of that idea. You are hiring a 76-year-old manager, the third oldest manager to ever manage a game in baseball history. I just, I, I'm, I'm stunned by this. I'm really stunned because this is an organization that has made a whole lot of good decisions over the last several years, and I think that this one is... Uh, it's too early probably to call it an awful decision, but by far their most controversial. With that said, it is a massive help for the Detroit Tigers. And when I come back here in segment number two, I'm going to talk about some now breaking news. I mean, you know about it now regarding who the Tigers are considering for their next manager. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other 
original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. So as I brought up in segment number one, you know, one of the biggest reasons why this is so surprising what the White Sox did is because the White Sox job is one of the most appealing jobs that we've seen in baseball over the last several years. Typically, when a manager gets fired, he he leaves the organization kind of in disarray. Like, it's very rare that you fire a manager after a 95-win season. You know, you can make the argument that Houston last year was just as appealing of a job, but I bet there were a lot of managers who were who were not comfortable managing a team that, you know, had suffered certain sanctions and a certain punishment and had a whole lot of controversy surrounding them. This White Sox position was ripe. They could have hired any person they wanted, and they went with Tony LaRussa, meaning that probably the most appealing job on the market right now is the Detroit Tigers job, miraculously. And I, man, I can't believe I'm about to say this, and I don't want to get my hopes too high, but this is a tweet coming from Buster Olney right now that says, sources are saying that former Astros manager A.J. Hinch is widely regarded as the favorite to become the next manager of the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers are said to be making decisive progress towards finalizing their choice of manager. You know, I have tried for the last several weeks to will this into existence, but deep down in my heart of hearts, I didn't think this would happen, especially after the White Sox fired Renteria. Like, I I made peace with the fact that Hinch or Cora was going to end up going to the south side and they were going to kick our butts for the next five to ten years. And they still may. Like, ultimately, and I alluded to this in, in you know, a couple minutes ago, whoever the Tigers hire here, uh, it, it's going to be a grind here for a, a couple years. Probably the first year or two, it's going to be a struggle. I know people liked Gardy, and I, I understand why they hired him, and I think he's He's a wonderful human being, and he handled the media well, and the fact is that was such a a miserable situation there for those three years. No manager could have been able to have success with the roster he was given, but I also think people are glorifying that era a little bit as well. Let's not act like Ron Gardenhire's teams were good or Ron Gardenhire's teams had any sort of identity. They didn't. They were truly awful. They were some of the worst baseball teams of all time. With an A.J. Hinch at the helm, I can see this team finally having some sort of identity and some sort of confidence. And one thing, because when Gardy was hired here, the one thing I said was, this is a guy who hasn't had success in a long time. Like, he, I guess it was a mutual parting of ways, but he basically flamed out in Minnesota. Not completely his fault. They were going through a bit of a rebuild of their own. The front office did not do a great job uh, of surrounding him with really good players, but he was kind of damaged goods when the Tigers hired him. And I think one of the issues that this baseball team has the potential of running into over the next several years, you know, I have many the issues as to how the things are run in Detroit right now. I have issues with how they're going to spend their money. I have issues with how they develop players, but there's going to be talent here through the system. And there already is, you know, with Mize and Scooball and Manning, those guys coming up, like there's going to be talent, 
But one thing that I think needs to change is there needs to be something of a culture shift. And what I mean by that is this needs to become an organization that needs to figure out how to win. They don't know how to win right now. Uh, the, the minor leaguers don't know how to win. The major leaguers sure as hell don't know how to win. They haven't had a winning season since 2016. The only player from that team or players from those teams that are on the roster right now are Miguel Cabrera and Michael Fulmer. Who knows how long Michael Fulmer is going to be here with the way he performed last season. And Miggy obviously is going to be here until the end of his contract but this is an organization that doesn't know how to win right now and is not going to know how to win probably for another year or two unless things miraculously change. A guy like A.J. Hinge is a guy who knows how to win. And we're look, when if and when it happens, I'll be the first one to come on here and address the elephant in the room, talk about the cheating scandal, talk about all the questions that he's going to be asked and all those questions that he's going to be asked because it will be a bit of a media circus here for the first couple months. My response to that cuz I know there's some people who complain about that who don't want that distraction I'm not really allowed to swear on here. I'll just say I don't give a gosh darn tootin' about a media circus. I want the best manager available, period. It's time we get rid of of all these excuses as to why this team can't be successful. Oh, I don't want that player. He's going to cost too much money. Oh, I don't want that manager. He's going to cause a distraction. Great teams and great organizations get the best pieces available to build around. And right now, there is no manager... This is, it's perfect. This is like something out of a movie. A.J. Hinch could not have possibly fallen more into the lap of the Tigers than right now. It's like the the White Sox having a a diarrhea brain fart all over themselves and hiring a a, a 107-year-old man to to manage their baseball team. It could not be more perfect. It's like you're you're dying for a steak and all you have is is a grill that's turned on and and a massive 12-ounce sirloin falls onto the grill and just starts cooking itself. I'm, I'm not a cooker. Is that what the term is? Grilling it, grilling itself. You, you know what I mean. It could not set itself up more perfectly for this to happen. And based on what I've seen so far, based on what I've read, I'm actually starting to believe that A.J. Hinch to the Tigers may be a legitimate possibility. Not just a legitimate possibility, but a likelihood. And if and when that happens, you guys know how frustrated I've been with the direction of this organization. You know how angry I've been with Avila. You know how angry I've been with Illich. And everyone always tries to pit them against each other. Oh, well, it's not Avila's fault. Illich isn't giving him any money. Oh, it's not Illich's fault. Avila's a great GM. I I think they're both kind of morons. I I think they've both done a bad job. This will be one of those moves. If it happens, and not confirmed yet, maybe by the time I upload this it will be, we'll see. If it, if it happens, will be something I will be happy to come on here and say was a great move, a championship caliber move, an unexpected move, and one of the first moves in this whole rebuild that has actually made me think that the people in charge know what they're doing. This is a huge, huge potential hire. Not putting the cart before the horse yet, but it, you're lying to yourself if you're not a little bit excited about the prospects of this. All right, so that will do it for a very impassioned, lively show you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. I'll be making some videos here real soon talking about uh, Michigan football post games. And hey, if a Hinch gets hired this weekend, I'll be the first one to make a video about it. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star written review of the show. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be back here on Monday recapping the weekend and hopefully talking about a new Tigers managerial hire. Thank you for sticking with me, everybody. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much and go Tigers.